0: bless you buddy bless you well good evening yes we do we finally got the girl in our house all right you know joyce she's really miss linda she's been outnumbered and she's been wanting that girl well i'll tell y'all the story isaac my 12 year old he started in one day and he said mom i want a sugar glider how many of y'all know what a sugar glider is raise your hand if you know what a sugar glider is okay well after the sermon, not during the sermon, after the sermon, you get on your smartphone and you look it up and look up sugar glider and you can see some really cool uh, pictures and videos. These are awesome little critter. So my wife, of course, said, absolutely not. We're not getting the sugar glider. So then all the boys, they start in whining and crying and tugging on joy. Please, please, let Isaac get the sugar glider. And so I'm like, guys, knock it off. You know, that's not how you get something if you want it. Yeah, so I I get him around the corner. I'm like, "Listen, guys, you got to be smart. You know, you got to work, mom, a little bit here if you want the sugar glider. You know, you got to sugar her up." So, so they're like, "Oh, okay." So Isaac, he's pretty smart. So, you know, he starts thinking, and then he just starts pulling up all these, brother Will, these cute little pictures of sugar gliders and videos, and he doesn't say anything. He just says, "Hey, mom, look at look at this. Isn't that isn't that cool?" Well, Joy had heard me giving the boys advice, so she's like, "You're turning them against me. You're on their side." I'm like, well, it would be cool to have one. You know, they look cool. I said, Isaac's a good kid. You know, when does he give you any trouble? So, you know, so, so he shows the video. So one day I come in from work, David, and, and Joy goes, guess what? I said, what? She goes, we're getting a sugar glider. Well, that's a great idea. I'm so glad that you thought of that. So long story short, Isaac, he starts researching and, and finds the, the close location. You don't just find them, you know, on every corner around here. And we finally found one in Rogers, Arkansas, so we went and got her a little Gidget, okay? And they're marsupials. They're, does anybody know what country they're from? Yes, who said that? Okay, after church, you go find Brother Johnny, you get a candy prize, okay? He's got it covered. So they're marsupials, and they're from Australia and New Zealand, so they have a little pouch like a kangaroo. So her out-of-pouch birth date when we got her, was nine weeks old she was nine weeks old and little sugar gliders they like one person and one person only so Isaac was determined that she was going to bond with him so we got her when all the other boys happened to be gone which is a rarity but they were all gone and we went and picked her up and so Isaac is now Gidget's pet all right she's she has adopted him as her pet and she's part of the family and they have little wings from their their wrist to their ankle And they can jump through the air, and they they poof out their wings, and they glide. They don't really fly, Tom, but they glide. And they look like a possum face and kind of like a flying squirrel's body and a monkey's tail. They are the coolest thing (laughs) ever. Now, you know Australia, they're like, all their animals are made of spare parts anyway. You know, they really are. And (laughs) Gidget has stolen her heart. She has. They're, They're so cool. And I could go on and on about it, but... You just I tell you what, do this for her. Just come over to the house, and uh, man, you come check her out. Isaac will show her to you. She's awesome, awesome. Uh, we love Gidget. Uh, she does bark all night, though, so that's, uh, that's the only downfall. They are nocturnal, so they like to keep you up all night long, as Isaac has learned. So he might be a little sleep-deprived, but he doesn't care. Are you excited to be in the Lord's house? Woo! I'm excited to be in the Lord's house. You know, I'm thankful for my Free Will Baptist heritage, Brother Will, I'm thankful as we're singing these songs tonight about our Savior. That it just, man, it just takes me back to thinking about being a kid and singing these songs all my life, and and having church family and, and and being able to worship together in the Lord's house and knowing Jesus is my Savior from a young age and being able to serve Him. I'm so thankful for that and so blessed. And I'm thankful for you and our church family. And Brother Will, thank you for letting me preach tonight. Brother Will asked me to preach last week, and I had to tell him no. And Don, you don't tell your boss no. I said, Brother Will, I'm sorry. I didn't really say no. I said, we've, we've got a commitment. we took our teenagers to a citywide youth rally last week, so I wasn't able to preach, but Brother Will gave me another chance, and I'm so thankful. I love to, to get to share God's word with you, and uh, just appreciate and love you guys so much. Tonight, we're going to be in Mark 9. Go ahead and turn there. Did you enjoy the special music tonight? Wow, man, that was powerful. And you know, Brother Will, I, I looked over during, during Carla and Don's special, and I looked over at Big Dave over there, and I looked over at Ben over here, and they just had big old smiles on their faces. They are proud. They are proud. Uh, Brother Virgil, where are you at? Man, wow, great job tonight leading us in songs about our Savior. Mark chapter 9. Everybody glad to be here? Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 9. We're going to be reading verses 14 through 29 of Mark chapter 9. You ready? And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with him. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, he gnashes his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help mine unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, that lives inside of us when we confess Jesus as our Savior. Thank you for guiding us and directing us, Lord, and convicting us. Tonight, I pray that you speak through me, Lord, and speak to hearts on the inside. Speak through your word, Lord. We thank you for your living word that transforms lives. Lord, thank you for our church, for our pastor, for this church family. Lord, tonight, may you just speak to us and move in our lives as only you can. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the power of prayer and fasting. A little over 40 days ago, we took our teenagers to see a movie called War Room. Who has seen that movie, War Room? There's not a lot of movies you can take your teenagers to, you know, to go see but this movie was amazing. If you haven't seen it, you need to go see it. I don't know if it's still out, but you need to rent it when it comes out on video. But it's a it's a great, powerful movie that was made by a church. And, and a couple of brothers in this church, they've made movies like Flywheel, Facing the Giants, Courageous, Fireproof. Well, they made this movie called War Room. And Brother Will, I wasn't sure, you know, if this is going to be really a teen movie. I mean, you know, because it kind of talking about marriage issues and things like that. But I'm telling you, every one of our teens, man, they were in the movie. They were they were just, they were in it. They were captivated by it. I mean, it would make you laugh, it would make you cry. But the the whole premise of the movie, and I won't give it away. I know y'all are going, don't spoil it, don't be a spoiler. I won't do that to you, but the, the whole point of the movie is the power of prayer. The power of prayer. And so after we watched that movie, you know, it, it convicted me, Brother Will, you know, to create in my own house, to have a, a, a war room, you know, a place that I just dedicate to prayer. And that's where I'm going to meet and connect with the Lord, you know, every day, every day. And so I began to do that, and I challenged our teens, and we took them through a series. And, and Brother Will took us through this series several years ago, and it's the Purpose Driven Life series. And we got our kids... Journals, and for forty days they journaled, and for forty days we fasted from something. We gave something up, and instead we replaced that with spending time with the Lord and getting in the Word and praying and really seeking God's face. So we've been on this forty-day journey. We finished it up. Sunday was our final day, and it's been a powerful time for our teenagers spiritually, just to, to grow and and to pursue God. So I'm excited to see what God's going to continue to do through this. But I was really convicted and compelled about the power of prayer and fasting. And so tonight I want to share this message with you. But you know, in the Bible, there are several accounts about the significance of 40 days. Have you ever thought about that? The significance of 40 days. It's amazing. Noah was in the ark, and there was 40 days of rain. And with it, he saw God's judgment upon sin. He saw God's holiness demonstrated. Moses was on the mountain for 40 days where he received the law from God. The law was given to God's people to give them guidance and to lead them to Jesus Christ. David listened to Goliath's challenge and and Saul's army had listened to Goliath's challenge for 40 days. He taunted them. He mocked God and David used that time uh, to go out and defeat that giant and to be a witness for the Lord. Elijah went on the strength of one meal for 40 days and from there he would go And he would go to a mountain and to hide, and God uh, spoke to him in the still, small voice. Jonah was sent to Nineveh, and the city was given 40 days to repent. And Jonah witnessed one of the greatest revivals of all mankind. Jesus fasted for 40 days in the wilderness. And at the end of that fast, in his greatest time of weakness, the enemy came to destroy him, to tempt him, to run his ministry. But Jesus relied on the Father. Jesus quoted scripture. Jesus remained sinless. And Jesus overcame. And he was victorious. The disciples spent 40 days with Jesus after his resurrection. And after Jesus' ascension, those disciples would never again deny Jesus as their Savior They would never again be afraid to speak up for him, and they would give their very lives for him as martyrs for the gospel. You see, we see the power of changed lives. And when we set aside significant amount of times in our lives to pray and fast, God works in our lives. So why do we need prayer and fasting in our lives? Well, tonight I've got three points to answer that question. First of all, from this passage tonight, we are in a wretched condition. We're in a wretched condition. Over the summer, we went on a mission trip to where? Indiana. And we had a, we had a service in here. Y'all got to enjoy that service. And, and many people from our mission team, they shared testimonies. And we, you saw pictures. And it was just a, a great time for the Lord to work and God to move. But on this trip, about the third day in, Brother Will, I got sick. And I, I didn't know what was going on. At first I just thought I had this stomach bug, but it turns out it was it was a gallbladder thing. And so, man, I mean I was down and out. And here we are, we're staying in somebody's house. You know, we gotta do all this stuff, we gotta go here and there. And I mean, I am I can't eat. I mean, I'm I'm draining Pepto bottles, okay? And uh, it was bad. Man, I'm drinking Sprite. And if you see me drinking Sprite and Pepto, you know that it's, my stomach is not right. So, I mean, I was feeling wretched. That's as deep as I'll go into detail. But it was miserable. Okay, in fact, Sister Sherry, I think there's a picture of me. They took my picture while I was. Yeah, there I was right there. <laughs> that was behind Sister Betty's house right there. I was sick, man. It was bad. The worst part of it, Brother Will, we went to the Amish farmhouse. okay. Now, Brother Johnny had planned this, and he had been telling me about the Amish farmhouse where they cook a a home-cooked meal. And I mean, I've been thinking about that for months, months. And we got to the Amish farmhouse, and I couldn't even eat the fried chicken. I tried the cherry pie, and it was a mistake. I was miserable. But guys, in this story, we see a true example of a poor boy that is in utter torment. He is possessed by this demon that has made him mute. Now, we don't know how that he got possessed by this demon, but guys, all we know is if anything is close to satanic, if anything is close to the occult, if anything is close to witchcraft, we stay far, far away from it. This young man had allowed an evil spirit into his life. Maybe he got drawn in by curiosity. He was dabbling in something that he should have. We don't know, but all we know is he is possessed by this demon, and it is wrecking his life. He can't speak. The demon would cause him to go into seizures. He would be thrown to the ground. He would foam at the mouth. He would gnash his teeth. He would become stiff as a board. He would fall into fire and water. And when they brought this boy to Jesus, it said the demon convulsed him, and the boy began to go into the seizure, and he fell to the ground. He was wallowing and foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the dad, how long has this been going on? the dad said, since he was a little boy. And the demon would throw him into fire and water to try to destroy him. And up to this point, nobody, not even the disciples, could help this poor kid. He was hopeless, and he was miserable. And you can only imagine the anguish of his father to have to look at this child day after day and he couldn't do anything to help him. What a miserable existence for this family. You know, sometimes we think we're in control, don't we? We think we got it all together, life is good, you know, we're paying the bills, we're healthy, we're on top of things, but guess what? If we're not careful, we can get to thinking, we don't need anybody, we got this. But here's the reality tonight. We are spiritually all like this boy. We are in a wretched, miserable condition, spiritually speaking. We're dirty, rotten sinners in need of a Savior. That is all mankind. And without Jesus, the devil will wreck and destroy our lives. We need Jesus. 24-7, Brother Charlie. We're in a wretched condition. So that's why we need to pray and fast. Secondly... No person can fix our problem. Nobody can fix us. Now, I got a picture up here on the screen. Sister Sherry, if you go ahead. and How many of y'all know what that is? Whoo, Brother Will. That almost brings a tear to my eye right there. Now, Brother Will, he made a joke the other day. He told Joy. He said, you know, before, before you came to Jason's life, the Bronco was the love of his life. Right. guys, you're looking at a recent picture of my high school vehicle. How many of y'all did not know that? Raise your hand if you didn't know that, that that was my high school vehicle. Got her in 1990, 59,500 miles. She was looking good. She was looking good. 367,000 miles today, thanks to Brother Wayne Newell. Where are you at, Brother Wayne Rebuilt that engine block for me. Uh, Corby, raise your hand, Corby. Corby, man, he's, he's, a, he's my mechanic. He keeps all my vehicles going. And he told me the other day, he, he'd worked on the Bronco. He said, Jason, I've got to tell you something. He said, that old Bronco's been good to you. Said she, he said, she should have died 200,000 miles ago. <laughs> but one of these days, she's going to give it up. And I'm not going to be able to fix her. I don't want to think about that. (laughs) Let's just not go there tonight. Nobody could fix this boy, nobody could help him. His dad was desperate for him to be healed, he'd give anything he could to fix that boy. And while Jesus was on on the mount with Peter, James, and John, and they experienced a transfiguration, the other disciples were in town, and this this boy was brought to them. And they could not help him. They could not cast this demon out of the boy. And the father tells Jesus all this. And this, this desperate dad, he really didn't know who he was talking to because he told Jesus, if you can do anything, help us. That's a desperate cry, isn't it? Now, we got to be desperate for the Father's touch. He was standing in the presence of Almighty God. He was standing in the presence of the creator of the universe who spoke it into existence. He had no idea who Jesus really was, if you can do anything. Well, Jesus told him, if you can believe, all things are possible. So he put it back on him. If you can believe. Guys, if you can believe in Jesus tonight, all things are possible. Nothing is too great for our God to accomplish. And at this point, I think this father, his faith began to grow. A spark ignited in his heart. And he said, Lord, I believe. But then he said, help my unbelief. Because he wasn't where he needed to be yet, and he knew it. And he knew that his faith needed to grow. But all of a sudden, he recognized something in Jesus that he was more powerful than anything or anybody that he'd ever met in his life. And he wanted what Jesus had. And so he put his faith and trust in Jesus. And Jesus began to move in this guy's life. And Jesus wanted to touch this man spiritually. Let me tell you tonight, guys, God is more powerful then the devil and all his demons combined, and no matter what they throw at you in this life, no matter how bad it gets, you don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You don't get bitter. You don't get discouraged. Because God is still in control. He's going to see you through. And guess what? If whatever you're going through, if it takes you from this earth, you still win. Because you'll be with your Savior. And if your loved ones are taken from this earth, It's going to hurt. It's going to rip your heart out. But guess what? They still win if they have Jesus as their Savior. So we got to get the message out. Look to the Lord for your salvation. There is no person. There's no movie star. There's no entertainer. There's no website. There's nothing that can save you except Jesus. So don't put your faith in anything else and live to please God. Don't be a people pleaser. You live for the Lord. Why do we need the power of prayer and fasting in our lives? Because we're in a wretched, miserable condition. And nobody can fix it. But guess what? Number three, when we pray and fast, God's power is unleashed in our lives. We got a picture on the screen. Any storm chasers in here? Any crazy people in here? All right, I'm not either. But, you know, there's something about a tornado. I mean, yeah, they're devastating. They, they can do a lot of damage. But isn't there, some, isn't there just something that's a little bit intriguing about them to you? It's just amazing because they're so powerful. They're so powerful. But get this. Jesus can calm any storm. No matter what rating that tornado is, no matter how powerful it is, no matter how much destruction it's doing, Jesus can reach down and he can calm that storm by speaking. That's powerful. Jesus rebuked the demon and he called him a deaf and dumb spirit. He told him to come out of the boy and enter him no more. Jesus spoke with authority and this demon had no choice but to obey. It said the spirit cried out, It convulsed the boy greatly, and it came out of him. And the boy became as a dead person. And in fact, that's what everyone said. They said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, and he picked him up, and the boy was alive. He was alive. He was healed. Can you imagine the father's joy that all of a sudden, for the first time in so many years, his son is healed? And they were rejoicing because they had encountered the power of God and witnessed it unleashed in their lives, that is exciting, that is life changing and I'll guarantee you, they were excited, Brother Will Woo! did y'all love the sermon, Sunday morning was it convicting, wow so moving, that we can't get excited in church that we're afraid to get excited in church, but we can get excited everywhere else wow, Brother Will, that was a powerful sermon, the Lord convicted me about that Guys, we got to have passion for the Lord. When we come into his house, we better be passionate. We better be excited because this is the best. This is it. We're we're seeking our Savior. We're focusing on him. The disciples, they went to Jesus and they said, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? And Jesus said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Wow. Wow. Guys, there's some spooky stuff in here, if you really think about it. Did you notice that he said, this kind, this kind of demon? Apparently, there's different depravities of demons, and and some of them are more powerful than others. And Jesus said, this kind of demon can only come out by prayer and fasting. You see, Jesus knew about prayer and fasting, didn't he? He's the authority on it, because the scripture tells us, that many times in his earthly ministry he would spend all night alone and he would pray to the Father and seek the Father. And we know he fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, preparing for his earthly ministry. He knew that he would need the strength of the Father because God can do what man cannot do. And when we can't, God can. So tonight, let's take our Christianity more serious than ever before. Let's start living for the Lord like we've never lived for Him before. Flee sin and cling to your Savior. And guess what? The closer you get to God, the more you're going to be able to help other people because God's power is going to overflow from your life. It won't be you. It'll be the Lord. And when you give everything to God and when you seek Him with all of your heart, His power becomes available in our lives like we never imagined. So it's time to get serious about prayer and to trust God's timing when he doesn't answer it as quickly as we think he should, or in the way that we think he should, because God's going to answer in the very best way, because he is sovereign. So I ask you and challenge you tonight, create a war room in your house where you go to battle, and you intercede on your knees, crying out to the Father to work in the lives of those around you, and to use you to be a light for him, and to help you in your areas of weakness. We are at war, and we need God's power to help us be overcomers. And prayer works, but it takes work. It's not automatic, and it's not easy. But when we fast and when we pray, we'll experience God's power in our lives like never before. So tonight is we're closing, and I'm fixing to turn it over to our pastor. I want to challenge you like never before. You commit every day to give God sacrificial time. And you ask God to use you like never before. And then, just step back and watch Him work. And prepare to be amazed. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you tonight for your son Jesus. And we thank you that He was willing, Lord, to come here And Lord, to to rub shoulders with sinners like us. And to get messy, Lord, and dirty. And to lay it all down for us. Lord, tonight we thank you for the gift of salvation. And Lord, as we all get so busy in our lives, Lord, help us to remember it's all about you. And it's about your kingdom and it's about reaching us because God, there's hurting people out there. Just like this boy. They don't know you. Just like this father. They don't know you, Lord, but you can use us, Lord, to reach them. But, Lord, it won't happen if we're not ready. So help us, Lord, to be ready. We love you, Lord, we ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Will. I <laughs>